amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. If I speak for your followers and I speak for your ex-followers and I speak for the curious outsiders looking in, and you remain silent in the shadows and don't let your balls drop enough to come out and say something, then I say, who do you speak for, Mr. Miscavige? Anything on earth that says, don't listen to your mum and dad, don't talk to your mum and dad, that bad, yeah. run. Absolutely believed his own bullshit. Now, does that mean he believed it from day one? I don't know. Hubbard reveals to them that he is the Antichrist. Scientology has not helped you. You have helped yourself. Yes, I'm absolutely positive that happened because I was physically abused in Scientology. We're crossing the line into torture. Do you think there is a rape culture in Scientology? I think that there is a culture in Scientology that children are not children. So, yeah. All right, welcome to Come Get Some Extra Scientology Edition. I'm Miami Six Man, Chris Kermit, yeah. and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Miami Six Man or at CGS underscore Extra. You can email the show using CGS here at Gmail dot com. And whew, today, uh, today I got Kathy Schenkelberg uh, update. She's become a bit of a regular uh, uh, for my interview today. But before before we get to that, I want to address. Uh, the straight-up douchery in the room. Today, I'm going to talk about Marty Rathbun. Now, I've uh, admittedly uh, avoided talking about Marty uh, for a very long time because I've always felt I'm not qualified uh, to to speak on this man because I've never met him, and I haven't had a lot of experience uh, getting to know his character. That, and I've found his video series to be extremely obnoxious and difficult. Uh, to pay much attention to, and, and I do feel like he gets too much attention. But here I am, <laughs> and uh, there's reasons for it, and I'll get into that in just a moment. Uh, I do want to start with um, some of our favorites on social media. I'm talking about like uh, uh, Gemma Harrison and John Alex Wood. You know, we tiptoe around a lot on social media with these guys. Because they're looking for their stats. They're trying to enrage us and get us angry and make us say stupid shit they can use against us and say, look, it's hate speech. It's it's religious hatred. It's bigotry. Uh, but I'm kind of tired of that shit. And while it, it's kind of shitty if I say, like, you know, Gemma Harris, this face is so lopsided. It looks like half of a face transplant didn't take. Or she's got dead-eyed cabbage patch head. That's really mean and nasty, and if I say she's engaged to a fucking beanpole scrotum with a hemorrhoid head, that's really nasty name-calling. And really, you know what? Even if I do that, that's a question of my character and something that maybe I need to look at for being willing to go that far. 
but I shouldn't be afraid to say it if that's what I want to say because it might be used against me. The great thing about not being part of a cult and being part of a regular community of regular real people is you're not confined to these things. You don't have to to police yourself in such a respect. I mean you should still hold yourself to standards. You should still be a better person than saying shit like that. Oh, by the way, Gemma, say hi to your fiance daddy for me. My point is that we are so worried about how things would be used against us that uh, that we don't say things that we should be able to say. And I say, fuck that shit. Because the day you let these guys control – I've said this before. The day you let these pieces of shit control what you do in your life and what you say on social media, that's the day they control you. And I will never be controlled by that cult or any cult for that matter. Um, along those same lines, there's the people who uh, are following the cult of Marty Rathbun. That's right, the cult of Marty, I see, MRC, the Marty Rathbun cult, TMRC. Anyway, uh, Marty had came up with this phrase he coined a while back, the anti-Scientology cult. And uh, and really, he's got followers who represent him, represent his, his idealisms. And uh, these people are pretty – Pretty nice pieces of work here. Uh, you got like Skeevy McGee. That motherfucker is like the lowest piece of scum. He's a sorry excuse for human excrement. And of course, uh, there's this newcomer to the mix fighting for the the the, the honor of Marty Rathbun. Uh, this Carmen, however you say her last name, she's supposed to be some kind of actress that might have been famous at some point for like two seconds. And just trashing people. And I used to think when Skeevy McGee would come after me and other critics that were never ended, that was pretty disgusting, despicable, and low of the things he would do and say. But now he's attacking people who are survivors, people who've actually been through shit. Shit he can't even imagine going through himself. And he almost like he, he projects and wishes he would have the experience he could use in his arguments. And it's pretty shitty and pretty disgusting. Um and the things he says to these people, I'll tell you what, I don't wish ill will or or harm to anyone and i don't want i don't ever want to promote hate speech and violence if i was going to it would be for him but i don't and don't and you should not either you should not either so i should get into to the marty stuff here um why why do i want to talk about marty you know why should i talk about marty he didn't do anything to me personally i mean why should talk about scientology they didn't do anything to me personally uh, but I didn't get into talking about Scientology. In fact, I'll mention an interview later uh, with Kathy that I never wanted this to be an all-Scientology show, but here we are. And uh, something that happened was I wasn't looking for new friends or a new community to belong to. I didn't care about all that. I was just doing a show on an interesting subject with Kathy. But what happened is I meant a lot of people got to know a lot of people, the Aaron Smith-Levins, the Chris Shelton's, the Melissa Parises, the Kathy Shankelbergs. A lot of them have become people that I've become well acquainted with or even in some cases good friends, and as you get to know these people, uh, uh, like the Reesdors, and even some people who haven't been on the show, Lori Hodgson's, you know, people like that, I've come to know and appreciate and gotten to see who they are outside of the realm of an interview on TV or an article on the internet. The, these real people went through these real experiences and still go through these experiences today, and they get shit on. And they get shit on it, and I go, you know what? 
these are people that I respect and think highly of. These are people that I like. These are my friends, my acquaintances. Yeah, I'm going to be pissed off. Yeah, so I have a little bit of stakes. I can speak a little bit on some of this just from my experiences doing this podcast. And my message to Marty is, Marty, I'd really like to see you come on this podcast and talk to me about these issues you brought up, about these points you brought up in your 5 million boring-ass videos. Because, you know, you, you know, you probably would never agree to that, and people would make an argument for you, just like the other active Scientologists before you that we know are Scientologists have declined to come on this show. And the way they decline typically is just the block because that's the natural reaction to given an opportunity to speak for yourself and tell your case and tell your side. Hey, I'll give you a chance. I open forum. I won't be nasty to you. Come on my show. Block. It makes total fucking sense. But I want to talk about the people who are willing to come on this show. So people make the argument for you, Marty, Marty Fuckface, that you you won't come on the show because I'm insignificant. This is a small show. It's got a smaller audience than, say, Joe Rogan or the national media, <laughs> the, the Cup Coven Scientology, that or whatever. You can say it's got too small an audience, but there are people who felt their story was important enough to come on this show. And I'm telling you, you know, some of the things you've been saying, Marty, you know, nobody comes on Come Get Some because they're going to make money or become famous. It's just not happening. Um, not happening for them, not happening for me. You brought up, first of all, let's talk about this. You created the idea of uh, the anti-Scientology cult. And you got these two followers. This is what represents the most loudest speaking followers of people who represent you is fucking Looney 1 and Looney 2 on social media. And uh, it's just they are the most hateful, spiteful people on social media along with John Alex Wood and Gemma Harris. And they are the ones that represent you, buddy. And it sounds more like defense of Scientology than anything in the middle. And you talk about this anti-Scientology cult, and um, at the head of it's Lear Remini, Mike Rinder, and uh, and uh, Tony Ortega. And uh, Tony Ortega, apparently, according to you, Marty doesn't do anything for without money being involved in it, or if there's nothing in it for him. And uh, there's a lot of people. A lot of people on the outside of Scientology, uh, never ends people who are ex, that have differing opinions on the man Tony Ortega, and that's the free world is. That's what real life is. You have different opinions, and different people like or don't like you. But something I can tell you is you were saying that he won't report anything uh, unless it's damaging the Scientology, and then it doesn't matter if it's true or not. But one experience I had talking to Tony Ortega, and one thing I pointed out is my experience since before I talked to Tony Ortega on this podcast, which he didn't make any money or gain any new fame from. He uh, he has corrected me multiple times on social media and on my show, and a couple times since then made sure I didn't say anything stupid, things that are damaging to Scientology but aren't true. So uh, fuck you there. Then you talk about – um, uh, they're fighting for power. You got Mike Rinder. He hasn't been on the show, but you're saying uh, all this crazy shit about him planning things with the Reesdors, who um, I uh, who I have a lot of respect and, and consideration for, and have been on the show. And uh, they didn't make any money or become famous either by being on the show. 
and it's a lot of bullshit. It's a lot of bullshit. Let's talk about this. You should come on this show, and we should talk about when Aaron Smith-Levin came on because you want to talk about – it's so funny how you do this because Aaron just did a great video on growing up in Scientology, a great video about how uh, about how you tore apart uh, his time on Lear Remini Scientology in the aftermath and how it um, – and how – Everything was wrong or false. You say false a lot. It's so funny how you do that. Is you make up these things and you say these things that aren't even issues to the main point of the story, and you you complain about these little uh, idiosyncrasies or something, and, and you say these things. It's almost like uh, if you ever go on the Scientology website and you look at the top, uh, the top frequently asked questions, and one of the questions is, is it true that Scientologists worship aliens? And the answer is false. Right, same shit you're doing with your stupid videos, Marty. Is, is no one ever said that Scientologists worship aliens? But that's the example you're going to use to get people to think differently, and that's fine. That's fine. But you talk about uh, how Aaron Smith Levin or Aaron Levin Smith, as you call him, uh, misled people on on uh, the aftermath, and that they, that Leah and Mike, misled people, and that's fucked up. That's not true. Because it doesn't matter these things you brought up. What matters is the actual content of the story, and what really matters – I think what gets missed because Aaron mentioned he got pissed at this video, and he didn't know why. I know why because you brought up his brother, and you brought it up passively. You just, just, just sort of blew right by it. You brought up his brother, and you know that's a sensitive point, just like you did with Karen Delacalier and her son, just like you did with Amy Scobie and her mom. Those weren't the focus, but you brought them up because you know they're hot button. You know they're going to piss somebody off and irritate them. And I'll tell you what, why don't you do this, Marty, when you're doing your videos? Why don't you leave the voice of the deceased, the name of the deceased, out of your fucking old, dirty, corroded, gripkeeper fucking mouth? In fact, if you're going to talk about the deceased, why don't you talk about more about what you know about the more suspicious deaths in the history of Scientology? Unless you're really way too busy still trying to wash the blood of Lisa McPherson off your hands. It doesn't come off that easy, buddy, does it? But no, you should come on this show. You should come on this show, and you should talk to me. You should talk to me about how you laughed at a court case about uh, about somebody uh, being treated differently because they're a homosexual in Scientology and how it was a mockery and how you all laughed and laughed and you even laughed in your video, you scumbag. You even laughed. <laughs> it was such a laughing stock. Why don't we talk about when I had Nora Crest on this show, another person I consider a friend. Why don't you talk about when he had her on and she talked about how she almost killed herself, how she didn't want to live until her first child was born, and that's when she realized she wanted to live. Why don't we talk about that, Marty, because she was willing to come talk about that on this show. Why don't you come talk about that with me? Hey, I'm easy. I'm a never in, and I'm admittedly not an expert. You could have a field day with me. You really should come on this show, Marty. You should come on. You should come on, and you should talk because you, you made fun of uh, and made light of Amy Scobie. Oh, we're so friendly. Uh, I love her so much. I don't mean anything by it, but she's a total bitch and she lies. That's kind of basically what you said with your bullshit lies. And, and, and you're making fun of the – and you're not directly doing it, but you're dismissing the real point, which is the rape. Why don't you come on and talk to me about Melissa Paris? 
she was on the show. She's been through every abuse there is, and you surely have some knowledge about that. Why don't you do that? Why don't we talk about how funny this stuff is then? Why don't we laugh and giggle about it on the show? Why don't you come on and talk about that? She came on and talked about it. The point is all these people coming on my show are all the people who are ex and critics. Even Leah Remini, someone else you say, would never do anything that's not for money. But she came on my show. She didn't make any money. And why is this, Marty? Why do these people come on my show and I know you won't? And why do Scientologists like uh, Kirstie Alley, Stacey Francis, who I still don't know who the fuck she is, um, fucking David Miscavige himself, <laughs> you know? Why don't these come on my show, let alone the mainstream media, to defend themselves and the thing they love? And the reason's pretty simple, Marty. The reason's pretty simple. These people have something important to say that actually means something, that actually matters. And it doesn't matter if they're reaching millions or if they can reach one ear to make that difference, to help that victim, to create a new survivor or prevent a new victim, or maybe get their family back together. That's why they do it, Marty. But apparently for you and the people in Scientology… That are actual Scientologists, your eternity, the message of clearing the planet, what Scientology has to offer just isn't important enough. doesn't really mean that much to you that you need to defend it or say anything about it unless it's in your own little controlled environment. <sighs> you know, once people realize what a fucking piece of shit you are and how spineless you are. And I don't want to be I don't want to be accused of slander. So I, I say you, know, you don't say anything unless it's an opinion or it's a fact. But I looked it up on Wiki. You have no spine. It's true. He's an invertebrate, this Marty Rathman. And I'm telling you, motherfucker. I'm telling you, motherfucker. This thing, <laughs> this thing's going to get to the point where people are going to realize the people who are your followers, your cult, the cult of Marty Rathman followers, are going to realize. They're going to realize that you're nothing more. Than a spineless, worthless puppet who was really a big, huge nothing in Scientology. You became an even bigger nothing outside, and now your voice means nothing at all to anybody. You can't be believed by anybody anywhere. And when you see that you're just a puppet, like a Jeff Dunham puppet with a fucking David Miscavige hand jammed up your ass, moving your dry little mealy mouth. Which, by the way, by the way, Marty, if you did get a big dollar settlement settlement out of this, couldn't you have thrown in a change of clothes and a fucking bottle of water? For God's sakes, man. For God's sakes. But I, I'm gonna say this. Uh, at the bottom line is, uh, there'd be nothing left for these people to do. And isn't in the words of Melissa, shut the fuck up and sit the fuck down. I'm actually kind of disappointed and uh, saddened by your situation there, uh, Marty, because I'm reminded of when Leah Remini was on 2020. And Dan Harris asked her, what message do you have for David Miscavige? And she said, how do you want to be remembered? How do you want to be remembered? And you know the uh, funny thing is uh, I'm reminded when I hear that of 
Nora Crest saying that about her son, the firstborn, how that's when she realized she wants to be alive. I'll remember that. And I remember Melissa saying that all she really wants to do is make sure she never disappoints her daughter, and that's what drives her. I'll remember that. I don't know if these are the things they want to be remembered by. I never asked them directly. These are the kind of things that I'll remember. And you know, um, Marty, I don't know how you want to be remembered or if there's even a chance for you to be remembered any other way than what you are today. Let me play something for you. I want, I, I just want, this is going to stick with me. This is going to stick with me, and I think it's going to stick with a whole lot of people, and it should stick with you. This is uh, – I think this says a lot right here. Let's see what happens when, uh, when Melissa's daughter found out about her history. So she Googled my name and found a couple things that had been written and sent me a text message to let me know that she had Googled my name and – I was really upset about it, and I was like, well, what do you think? And she said, "Um, it just makes me even more proud that you're my mom. All right, so this is the kind of shit that when you're a parent, and Marty, you're a parent, this means everything. This means everything. That's going to stick with somebody. That's going to stick with people. I think with Nora, it's going to stick with people, especially as a parent. A lot of us as parents, um, our whole goal in life, we do everything for our children, and that means everything. And I know me personally, you know, even if you're not a, an ex-cult member or whatever, you want your children to, to look up to you. And uh, your children think you're the best thing in the world uh, growing up. And you want them to be able to 30 years down the road look back and still say you're the best thing in the world to them. I know that's how I feel about my daughter. I want her to be able to look back and say, and other people to be able to agree with her. He's one of the greatest people in the world. That's how it should be for everybody. And your son is going to grow up someday, and he's going to live with the legacy of which you left behind and who you are and the things you did. And I don't know how he's going to deal with it. And I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, Mario, maybe you're the inside closed doors. You're the best father in the world. Who knows? But I hope he can do something to improve the family name and bring some pride and dignity to it. Because I don't know if you're ever anything more than a low-down, dirty bastard. I don't think when you left Scientology, you left because you hated uh, what happens in Scientology. I don't think when you helped and became friends with Mike Rinder and other ex and helped them through their life and gave them money and places to stay and set them up in the right, right direction – as a smile, I don't think it was you doing good deeds. I think every good deed was another turn of the knife in David Miscavige's back out of bitterness because that's what and who you are. And now you're doing what you enjoy again as you gleefully giggle in your chair in your little closed room, not being contested because you're not going to come on the show and talk about this shit. And I hope your son, hope your son is one that doesn't follow daddy's footsteps, but more or less tries to undo the damage that was left for him to undo in his legacy. And uh, if you're listening years down the road, kid, just know I was rooting for you, and I will be. But it's time now to move on from this Marty bullshit. He's going to say more stuff to incite people and piss people off. He's going to drop these little hints, these little nuggets. It's time to move on because there's really a lot more important things to do and talk about. And that's where I'm going from here. 
caught with Kathy Shankelberg. Let's hear what she got to say. All right. Once again, uh, becoming a regular on this show, my first interview uh, of an ex-scientologist and someone who's quickly become a good friend of mine, Kathy Shankelberg. Welcome to the show. Hello. How are you? Good, good. And it's funny. It's true. And I probably, I'll probably mention something like this before our interview even comes on. But I didn't get into covering Scientology looking for, like, community and friends and stuff like that. And uh, and you were the first person I talked to. And, and you're just, uh, you're great, and I am proud to call you a friend. Yeah, and we met in person, and you drove all the way up to Tampa to see the show. Yeah, I do things like that. I love that. You hung out after. That was even better. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was um, really great. Uh, the thing about it is, and this is the thing I always talk about being a host of the show and, and being a never-in, and I, I feel like that Scientology, and I mentioned this delay, I think, I think it's like the conspiracy theories. It's like UFOs and ghosts. Like, you kind of believe somebody might have experienced something, but you don't really realize how real it is until you really delve into it. Right. Do you well, find that? It's not... What? Yeah, I, I agree. I'm... But I've always said since I started doing spoken word and, and storytelling and speaking out, I said this is this is um, this is my cult. Your, your cult could be a, an abusive relationship or a job that you hate, or you know it could be could be something else. Your version of a cult. Why don't people leave? Why are we afraid to leave? Are we afraid of being ostracized or or do, losing family members or friends because we've made a decision to not do this thing anymore? That's what's uh, crazy about the whole thing because it can go across all circles and, and, and a vast number of people have their own experiences with cults and it doesn't necessarily have to be religious. You know, it's kind of funny you say that because I've mentioned this. And, um, you know, when I – I was on Chris Shelton's show recently. I talked about this. Is I, I was always okay. – I wasn't always a podcaster – uh, trying to expose Scientology. I, I, in fact, in our interviews, I actually remember, and, and, and I can quote myself on this, I don't want this to become a Scientology show. <laughs> I actually said that. Yeah, well, be careful what you, what words come out of your mouth. I know. I... <laughs> and, and the thing about it was, is even though I started out this podcast to try to like, hone my skills at entertaining people, it quickly became something where I wanted to make a difference. And it's funny because I have dealt with uh, abuse in relationship uh, on subjects of the podcast. I've dealt with racial relations. I've dealt with homophobia. I've dealt with bullying. I've dealt with, with, with terrorism. And I've dealt with you know extremism. And, and I've dealt with all this stuff. And it all exists mm-hmm. within the realm of Scientology, almost, ex- almost just built into it. We all have a story to tell. It's how we walk through the pain or through the chapter. I'm starting to echo now, just so you know. Um, I'm sorry. But yeah, we all have, no, that's okay. Go ahead. But we all have a story to tell. And it's how we choose to walk through the pain or of the experience. And see, you asked today on Twitter, you know, what do you want to be remembered, you know, <laughs> as or by, or I can't, I can't remember. I just, I always, I always, my my mother always said, be kind, kill them with kindness. That's the way I was raised. Yes, I was raised Catholic, but her mantra was, be kind. And um, so I was, I felt I was always fine when I was in the cult, when I was in, involved in Scientology. But then um, 
then there came a part where there was a layer of me that I had to hide because it was too big or too effusive, too too out there. Um, I remember I remember I was told I was out valence, which is a, a personality. It's like when you're when you're being goofy, somebody says, "Oh, she's not. She's just pretending." But, mm. but who I am innately, who I am as a person, is effusive and and kind of silly and gregarious and fun. But the more I, the longer I was in Scientology, the more I had to go. You know what? I, I'm not going to get up. I'm not. I'm not going to get stopped by going to ethics all the time if I hide this other part of myself. If I start, you know, pretending that it doesn't exist or just do it in in company, in not at, not at the church or not around other Scientologists. Right. And that's when I started going. What the hell? You know, what did I get myself into if I can't be myself? Yeah, it's kind of like, it seems like you lose yourself. Like, you lose your identity. Yeah, well, the whole point is they they tell you you become more yourself. I love the campaign of, you know, think for yourself, free to be you. That is a, that is such a blatant lie. And and did you see the post I had? Um, I had a postcards up at my yoga studio for the show that I'm doing in L.A. before I go to Edinburgh. And literally, the yoga manager says, yeah, this woman comes in every Monday, and she posts all these... I saw that, yes. Yeah, but the woman didn't even know she was posting them next to my boobs. You know? I was like, you not even realize, you you know, Jim Meskimen, boom, there's Squeeze My Cans, you know, um, uh, Amanda, somebody who I've never heard of, Aisham... I mean, these are people, yeah, these are a few people I knew, a few people I didn't know from the from the um, little poster thing that they were putting up. But I was like, but you know what? I asked what the woman looked like, and they, and they described it to me, and I said, oh, she's hired. She's paid to put these up at coffee shops and yoga studios and stuff, and that's fine. Look, I used to do the seminars. I used to do the voiceover seminars at Celebrity Center. Hated every minute, minute of it. Couldn't stand it because I said it's a ruse. You want me to help them with voiceover, to break into voiceover, and the point is, in order to get my statistics up, I have to get them to sign up for course, and they have to watch this video. And you route them through. By the end of it, it's like people are trying to run and claw their way out of there. And that, man, if you get trapped in a room, you're done. You're 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 there watching the video, and you're separated from your friend. And I have heard numerous stories. So this is. This is not an opinion, or an, it's it's an actual truth. Well, yeah, you've God, been the there. Heart rate just went up. Oh, so, so these people come in. This is one of many. Like, there's like countless uh, fronts to bring people in and get them looking at Scientology. Sometimes it's the workplace, like a wise company. Sometimes it's a benefit for Christmas, and uh, mm-hmm. and all it really right. is is to bring people in. Right. Now look, do I agree that we're society? Yeah, I do. But don't hide behind Citizens Commission on Human Rights because you, as a church, have violations on human rights. I mean, there are documented cases of, of violations of, 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 a, of a person's human rights. And so I just don't like the... Uh, I can't say the F word. Um, you can. Can I? Yeah. Did I be, I've actually yeah, read it. Hypocrisy. Yeah, I know you have me on. <laughs> no, no, I've read it this one explicit because uh, people have already heard, even though I haven't done it yet, Time Vortex here. I'm going to go off before we do our interview. Go ahead. <laughs> no worries. No, I know. I mean, you know, I mean, certain words, I try to I try to be, um, I try to use better words. I understand. Words, but sometimes you just want to, 
and say fuck. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, man, I'm very proud of you. I'm very excited for you, and I really hope that I hope your followers tell other followers, and this thing just just goes places. I mean, it's already going places, but even further. I mean, I was really happy that you got Leah on. I was so excited about that. I was excited about Chris and Tony, and and but also Lori, Lori Hudson. You know, um, I said her name. I pronounced it wrong, but she and I barely knew each other in the church, and I follow her and her story, and, you know, there's a part in my cabaret show, and I don't, I know we haven't talked about that yet, but for for your listeners to know, I wrote Squeeze My Cans and performed it about a year and two weeks ago at the Hollywood Fringe, and now I've traveled um, 30,000 miles, nine cities, over almost 90 shows in my little car with my, with my equipment, and I go to different venues to do this show, and the, um, you know, I raised the money for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and I'm leaving in a couple of weeks, and they asked me if I had a cabaret show. And I said, why, yes, I do. So I immediately started writing it, and now... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do, sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wrote four, I wrote, I, I do parodies of songs, but I wrote four original songs. I had my friend Sean um, arrange them, and my director... Um, Victoria Diorio, who's a sound designer, and she did the sound and projections for Squeeze My Cans. She's directed me for the cabaret. Of course, Shirley Anderson directed me for Squeeze My Cans, the play. My life has totally taken off. I love it. I, I love it. And I've mentioned, and this is a credit to you and how you uh, are both um, vulnerable uh, in your performance and in um, in your story, your storytelling, is that I said this before, and this is not in any way to be down on you, you have one of the, like, one of the least terrible stories <laughs> of people coming out of Scientology, and it's terrible. I don't know how you can get, I don't know how you can say that, because I'm, I'm, not, I'm just going to argue to debate the point, because we all experience it differently. No, I agree. So if you're gauging, because you, you can't, everybody has a story to tell. I'm not a celebrity. I'm not an XTORG member. I didn't, I didn't, I lost a lot, two decades and a million dollars. But, you know, everybody's experience is different. None is worse or better than the other. They're all, they all are the experience of the individual. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why I got a little bug up my ass when you said that. No no offense well, to you. It's just, I just don't know how. Well, no. How it, may come off, it may come off insensitive. I don't mean it that way. But what I mean is just that um, there are some horrible, horrible, like, unthinkable things that happen to people in Scientology, is what I'm saying. And um, and it's just that... My, my point is, with your story, it's really clear uh, how bad it can be. And um, I guess what I'm trying to do when I say this is, there's a lot of people, and I've been talking about this a lot, who don't realize um, how bad Scientology is, especially never ends. And I was one of those people. And... Um, People don't really pay attention. Um, mm-hmm. People don't know who Lair Remedy is. People saw Going Clear and can't tell you a thing that happened in it. But they know that Scientology is bad. And they don't give it another thought. But by seeing your show and hearing your experience, that would really be enough for anybody to understand. And that was Look, basically what I was trying to say. And, and I could have embellished and... Uh, I'm echoing again. Um... 
I could have embellished and, and gone even further. But the thing is, is that I, I, it's a theatrical piece. I'm telling a story of a Catholic girl who got raised with 10 kids who got into this group that she agreed that would help her. She felt like she belonged to it. But the thing is, is that um, it's, it's the, the comparison of who is, who's going through more pain. Every, the pain is still the pain. The PTSD, the, the reaction is still the pain. I, I, I saw a Scientologist to, you know, a couple days ago who just turned around as soon as they saw me. I'm like, okay, well, that's your choice. Maybe you're doing that to protect yourself, but they have their pain. Maybe their pain is what I went through when I couldn't leave. Right. But my, my story is an everyman's story. My story is, is a story of, you know, somebody said after the show in Tampa, I remember saying, you don't bash Scientology. And I said, no, I don't. I merely tell the story, and you get to decide. You get to decide, is this good or bad? In the beginning, of course, people go, what did, you, did you get anything out of it? Well, yeah, a sense of belonging. I mean, my God, people told me I was awesome. I was so great. But the further I got in, I lost myself. You know, my daughter, you know, I was a first-generation Scientologist. These other people who, and the reason I brought up Lori's name is because when I was writing the show, the cabaret show, there's a point in the show where I sing a song, and it's the encore, if I get one, at the, at the bar or pub that I'm playing at in Edinburgh. It's for the, um, you know, it's, uh, it's um, well, it's from Merrily We Roll Along, and I'll just, I'll just sing a, just a tad for you. Okay. Um, because it, it's, about, it's about losing something that never, it, it, it never leaves you. Not a day goes by. Not a single day, but you're somehow a part of my life, and you won't go away. As the days go by, I keep thinking, when does it end? Where's the day I have started forgetting? But I just go on weeping and fretting and cursing and crying and waking and dying. Anyway, it goes on from there. The <laughs> Good point, stuff. The point is, is that not a day goes by where I don't think about the 20 years I spent in Scientology. And not a day goes by where Lori doesn't miss her children and Cindy and, and Christy and, and Mike Rinder and all the people that lost loved ones. Not a fucking day goes by where they don't go, I miss you and I want you back in my life. So, and not a day goes by, do I not think of it? I live through it. I'm not letting it, um, it, it curl me up into a ball. And that's why I'm performing and telling others. But not a day goes by that I... I, I I embrace my child and my family, and I appreciate them because I have them in my life. And I have lost a lot. I haven't lost a child, and that is a beautiful thing. But it doesn't, it doesn't negate the fact that I lost something, and so did Lori and Cindy and Karen and Christy and Roger and Mary Jane and all the people that I talk about um, when I'm at the end of my show, which you've yeah. seen where I finally start looking stuff up on, on the internet at 3 in the morning because I'm so <laughs> fucking scared that they're tapping into my computer and they they know, you know. That's freaky being that par- paranoid, you know. So, and that's I'm very sorry. real. It, well, look, between yeah. knowing you, because I've gotten to know a few people, I've made a few friends now uh, within that are uh, 
a very actively. You've met a ton of friends. You just haven't met them all. You've met a ton of friends. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right there. Uh, you're probably right there. Uh, but I know um, I've had those conversations with people um, where uh, in the middle of the conversation, we have to hang up. Like, they're, they're being watched. Yeah. They're being listened to. Um, yeah. And they know, they know the signs. They know how to tell. We might be being listened to since you keep getting an echo. Uh, but who knows? Did you um, did you uh, interview Melissa Paris? Yes, that's that's one of my biggest yes. interviews I've done. That was uh, yes, my second she, readers. She, she second I knew her and her sister, and I knew her dad very well, and and we were chatting the other day. That that is one wonderful. That that those sisters are just amazing, and uh, of course Valeska, and and um, you know I got to see her after many many years. But but uh, yeah, everybody's got a story to tell. It's how you walk through the pain, and I almost put. Um, on that Twitter feed that you had today, Chris, um, I, I want to be remembered as not a victim. But I said kind and, and funny, but, but the thing is is that we are not victims. We are merely telling the story. We are merely expressing in order not to be victims. Victims are ones who aren't speaking out or are hiding in the corners. I'm, hey, I don't negate the fact that people are victimized and are feel like victims, but it's it's, I talked to a kid who lost his father. He, his father at 57 committed suicide. And this kid helped me. He ran the hatch fund that I, I, um, that I did the money to raise for Edinburgh. And I sat with him, and he wasn't in a cult, but he was in his own version of a cult for a year. He suffered his father's loss, and he said, and he started drinking and partying and just trying to hide and, and mm-hmm. hide the pain. And you know what he said? He goes, Kathy... Every day I get up and I walk through the pain. And I said, do you mind if I adopt that? Because that's what I feel like I've been doing. I've been walking through the pain. I'm not curled up in a ball, not talking, not not getting out there, not performing. But every day you go, oh, I feel a little pain. I'm going to walk through it. I'm going to get through the fire and to the other side. It's a better place to be, for sure. Wow. Yeah. No, a lot, lot, a lot of all emotional. Well, that, that's all very real, and it's 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 not not a problem. That's something that needs to be. These are things that need to be said, and that people need to understand. Because, you know, um, uh, like the way I came off earlier with the whole importance of one over the other. That that wasn't what I was trying to say at all, but it sure came out that way. But people oh, think honey, that's how people what, think. That's, that's how people but, think. You know, but Chris, if we if we agreed on everything, this podcast would be boring. That's okay? true. That's true. We don't have to. No, us talking. No. You know what's funny is I remember when when they were saying we have to clear the planet in Scientology, you have to clear the whole planet of their reactive mind. And I remember being in ethics and going, okay, so I just have to tell you, if we clear the whole whole planet, it's going to be boring. I mean, nobody's going to be doing shit. You won't have anything to write about. Nobody will be having sex with their, you know, working about, you know, just kind of getting crazy on it. But I was like, no, we can't all be perfect. It's not not the way the world is. Right. How we get through. Look, every mistake I've made has made me a better person, and I make them all the time. I hurt people's feelings, and those people call me out and said, hey, you hurt my feelings, or I didn't like what you said, and I go, thank you for telling me that, because obviously I mean enough to you for you to communicate that to me. Because if I didn't, you would just write me off and go, ah, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about her. I'll pretend she doesn't exist. But if you tell me that you don't like or I hurt your feelings or did something, 
that means you still want me in your life. And those are the people that are still in my life, you know? Wow, that's... You are a profound human being. That's why you're able to do I this little show. It. Yes. I can't help it. I'm a dog walker. You're a dog, you're a dog walker. But, <laughs> but you know what? But but you know what? I'm I'm I haven't I haven't made money from Squeeze My Cans yet. I've been paying off debt and people who have helped me. But I swear to you, I I was so I just would love I I, I mean I can't wait for Edinburgh and I just I wish I I wish. I wish more people would retweet and, and see the show because I'm one person trying to social media this whole thing, and you have been very kind to me, and, and Indie Scientology News has been uh, wonderful, and all the people on Twitter are just awesome. Um, I just, I just, that's, I, I can't afford to pay for uh, Can I put, can I say something on the record? I sure. just want to, I want to say this, and you can choose to keep this in or not. Okay. Um, two things happened. One, there was an article written last year, I think Cracked, who said uh, said something about my Tom Cruise audition and how, yeah, it's her 15 minutes of fame and she just wants to uh, try to make money. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so just so you know, I did a I did a podcast. Somebody approached me about that audition. Okay, I didn't approach them, nor did I get paid a dime for the Inquirer, In Touch Weekly, the Daily News, nothing. Okay, and also, I just want to say, because I was told you never, somebody said you didn't audition. I did audition. Of course, my tape wouldn't get submitted because I said Tom Cruise was a narcissist. I couldn't stand him. So why would, why would a tape be, be submitted? And, oh, you, you know, and you're too old, and he would have never picked you. And I said, you know, I walked into a room at the Manor Hotel above the reception. I stood in front of the camera. And the guy running the camera said, slate your name. Where are you from? What level are you on in Scientology? Ask me about my work, what I do for work. And then the last question is, what do you think of Tom Cruise? <laughs> and my, I vomited from the mouth because I never could, I never, I never I cared for the guy. And it just was like, I can't stand the guy. So, so, of course, I have to try to, like, talk around my foot, which is now in my mouth, as my mother always calls it, just move your foot over. <laughs> But, but it's true. And I used to have to go to ethics. I used to get auditing because I didn't care for Tom Cruise, so I now have an overt or a withhold, like a sin, on him. So now I have to take responsibility for somebody. I don't have to like everybody. It's okay. I'm sure he's probably, people like him, but I never liked him. I just, he rubbed me wrong. You know, so... Yes, I auditioned. Did my tape get submitted to be his girlfriend? Of course not. I yeah. I, I said I didn't like the guy, and and yes, I I understand. I'm such an old lady, you know, whatever. But <laughs> whatever. It's 40 years old or something, you know. It's, it's the end. Of, it's the end of 2004 or August of 2004. So anyway, I just wanted to clarify that. You can cut it out if you want. Uh, who cares? Like, I don't, why? one person. I mean, if I was making money, I wouldn't be walking dogs. Right, right. You know? Although, actually, I lied. I would be walking dogs, but it would be for free. <laughs> right, out of joy, out of joy. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I don't think, yeah. I, I don't think you're making any money, and I, and I've, um, and again, and, and what I haven't recorded, what I haven't done yet, in the open, I'll be talking about how uh, nobody, nobody uh, that I know, not a lot of people I know are making money from talking about Scientology. 
Um, no. It's not like it's not like a magic book, <laughs> you know. It's yeah. like you just open it and all of a sudden you're you're a millionaire. Yeah. No, I mean I I would love to be on Leah's show. I would love it if I could I could just meet her. I mean I I was on um I was on course with her mom, but you know she's what she's doing is so phenomenal, and the producers and Mike Rinder. And and just exposing the church internationally now, which is freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. So I, whether I'm on or not, I'm so I'm so pleased. I'm pleased with uh, the pioneers before her. Um, you know the Jeff Hawkins. That you know there were so many people. Tori Christman, Tori Magoo. Yep. Um, you know people that that really made a difference and, and kind of paved the way for the rest of us to go. Hey, it's okay to and Tony Ortega. To make these baby steps, you know, go, okay, I'm not afraid anymore, you know, so we're all in this together, and I just want, I, and, and I just think it's really important that we all, we all stay together as a, as a community. We don't have to create our own cult within a cult. We just have to be supportive and loving. What do you think of that? There's a lot of that going on. You've heard that. You've heard the Marty stuff a little bit, probably. Uh, Marty Rathbun no, thought about the. I I, I've heard about it. I haven't listened to one thing. I, it's it's hard to I listen am, to. Well, the, here's the deal. I am like, as you know, I'm a one man band. I am like barely have enough time to respond to your. You know, when we talk, I'm like, I gotta go. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but the thing is, is that here's the thing. The the thing, the best thing, the the thing that Scientology um, calls a statistic is when we infight. That is a step up. Okay. So, like, when I was in Chicago doing the show again for another four weeks, I was a downstep for the Chicago organization, the church, on Lincoln Avenue, because I was physically there. When I was physically in Tampa, I'm a downstep for the org in Tampa. I know, because I was on staff for a short time. I know how they keep track of statistics. But the thing is, is that what's happening is that you're trying to create, you want uh, OSA, Office of Special Affairs, they want to create this chaos. They want us to fight with each other. We can't. We have to. We have to pull together. We can have a difference of opinion. We can go. Yeah, that wasn't my experience. My experience in the church as a as a public person was different than someone in the Sea Org, and was different than Nancy Cartwright, who I did seminars with, who was not the warmest bun in the oven to me. <laughs> but she had her experience. Right. Okay. Yeah. So. Well, she's still in. Oh my God! Oh, she, oh, she's yeah. she's a uh, she's fun. She's a bear of laughs in the most interviews I see. Um, but the uh, the thing about the I, I think, and then this this I don't know how well this is going to go over, but I actually, in a weird way, think it's great that there's infighting amongst the critic community. Does that sound weird to you? No, it does because I totally disagree. Well, 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 let me. You can have difference of opinion. But what, no, I'm, I'm listening. Let me say, because only in a cult where you're following a specific set of rules and you're all just droning on the same thing and you're all just going towards a common goal without questioning a thing, you are a slave to that. You're a slave to the mind. You're a slave to that idealism of the cult. When you're arguing and you're debating things and you're going against each other, you are free. And you are free to make your opinion known, and you are free to move forward however you please. You're not in a cult. The difference is these people who are the Marty followers, who aren't helping anybody. Except they're actually helping. They're saying they're anti-Scientology, but they're helping Scientology more than they're hurting it. 
Well, look, if, if Marty said one thing and now he's saying another, you you have to in your head go, okay, so what what was the shift? What happened? Uh, did he get paid? Did he, you can uh, everybody can speculate. But here's the deal: if I have friends that still do Scientology, they don't want to be in the church. They still get auditing. That's their thing. I don't I don't shun them. I I'm like that's your thing, man. They came and saw my show. They saw I just closed upper level materials in my show. They don't shun me because here's the difference. If you want to continue and do that uh, because you feel that it's helped you, then that's great. I went back to yoga. I went back to meditation. I went back to walking dogs and 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 just and, and also going to retirement homes and being around old people and hearing their stories, getting back to my roots. Because that is the basis of what made me happy, and I went back to that. If you choose to get auditing, if that's your thing, have at it. Just don't tell me what to think. Right. And I won't tell you. Right. That's There's a double standard going on. Yeah. Definitely a double oh, standard. Oh, for hours. Yeah. I know you don't have hours, so I won't make you do that. <laughs> so. yeah, no, it's great. I'm actually, I really, I, I want to tell you that I I just adore you and you've been so kind to me and so supportive of my show and you know I I've I I'm just overwhelmed with I get I get probably two or three maybe letters through the website the emails um you know people have seen the show or people want to see the show if you have any of your listeners know of a theater in your community just go through my website, email me, and say you have a connection, and I'll try to bring the show there. Um, and now I've got it. Now I've got this cabaret show, which is the musical version. It's called "Squeeze My Cans Again: A Kathy's Musical Journey Off the Yellow Brick Road," with songs like "I Blew Up a Planet," "You Motherfuckers," <laughs> "Oh Baby Boy," and more. So you know what? Um, it allows me to. To, you know, I do the show and I tell the story, which is funny and moving and all that, but now I get to be body and naughty, and I get to have, you know, some really good alien sex. <laughs> this is this is this is art, right? Because you know, even though I don't actively do a whole lot in entertainment myself, I I, I guess I consider myself a bit of, a, of an entertainer and artist. You're never happy with what you have, and you're always trying to change it up and make it better and different. And I think that's what you're yeah. trying to do with this cabaret show, and it sounds amazing. Um, oh, my God. Edinburgh's going to be a blast. Is this going to take over what you've already been doing? Uh, no. You mean the show? Yeah, you're doing two shows I've now? Gotten, no, I'm doing two shows. I've already been called from uh, for colleges to do a master class and also to perform in, in universities and colleges. But I'm well, yes. to get booked up the coast. Um, I love that. I'm in the Midwest, but I'm booked in Boca going to be fun um but no what's happening is the assembly festival in edinburgh and by the way when you do your podcast you should hashtag edinburgh fringe festival 2017 edberg you know just hashtag a few things because um because it's a good it's a good outlet for you to listen also. okay um there's another scientology musical uh there uh a group from australia i can't wait to meet them and also the jive aces which are all <laughs> in um old town i'm in Newtown, so i'm at 310 which in european i guess they call it 1510 1510 yeah 10 p.m my time and i do the cabaret show at 10 p.m at night so you know i'm going to lose weight 
because I can't have any, I can't drink before a show. So, so from three in the afternoon, my show gets done hour and fifteen minutes, and then I'm gonna, you know, run off and see other shows, and then I do my own cabaret at ten p.m. And then at eleven fifteen p.m., I'm going to have a red bush meat with a water bath. It's going to be delicious. But <laughs> Sounds I good. Have scotch because it's Scotland. Oh well. Oh, have you been there before? No, I'm. Oh, this is awesome. No, no, no. But I, I lived in Europe before, so I lived in in, in London and, and Germany. But I'm going back there. I'm going to see some cousins, and um, I'm trying to get the show in Hamburg. I told you I was translating "Squeeze My Cans" in German. No, I don't remember that. No. Mm, squeeze the cans, bitte. Ach, du liebe, ich nicht. Yeah, I'm going to do the. I'm going to, I'm going to do of it in German. Yeah, Germans love Scientology. <laughs> well, the subject, the I'm subject, joking. right? <laughs> Andrea Merkel and I are like BFFs. Are you serious? No, I'm totally. <laughs> why would I? Why would I believe that? Because <laughs> oh, I said it like cause I'm an actor. Oh, but I, I I trusted you, Kathy. I trusted you. I. Catherine uh, <laughs> Schinkenberg. No, I'm going to go to the village of Schinkelberg in Germany. I was there. Um, I was there before Schinkelberg village. It was a population 400. So. I'm excited. Is it is it in any way connected to you? No. Well, oh. yeah. I mean, it's definitely relative. Oh wow! Anybody in yeah, anybody named Schenkelberg would be related some way. So it's not like it's Smith not like or O'Malley. What? It's not like Smith or O'Malley or anything like that. I I doubt it. I doubt it. But I you know I could probably hook up with a Schenkelberg anyway because I I barely any eggs left, so it wouldn't be a problem. Oh, I'm not. I am not. I am not. I am not going farther with that line of conversation. This is not Game of Thrones. I do I do reference Game of Thrones in one of my songs. All right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I'm so and next time you have me on next time you have me on I'll actually sing another song from the show. Oh, you are a regular now, so you there probably will be a next you know it's been almost a year since I interviewed you first? I think that's awesome. I saw I, I, I mean, honestly that's just brilliant. I'm so happy. I'm just so happy with the way you're look. You and I, both of us, I was just getting this little show that could off the ground, and look at you. We're both the trains. We're chugging through the station, man. Well, you know, awesome. we, we got to put in our time, and we got a pair of dues, and look. I, I, no, we you, don't. No, we don't. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's just take it to the next level. Kick the I'm fucking kidding. doors in, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right on. Hey, look, look, look. So I, I, I don't want, I don't want to exploit anything and I don't think you do either but I don't care if either one of us makes a lot of money along the way I really don't so, <laughs> so. no you know what here's the deal I I already lost a million dollars in two decades of my life in the church I'm I'm fine I was unhappy I was unhappy towards the end after the last five six years I was uh, scared to leave so now I'm out and I am I'm back to being that 23-year-old who got into the church, so I'm I'm enjoying my life now. You are very I youthful. I, I must my experience yeah. knowing you. You're very youthful. Yeah. And I'm having fun. I'm single, and I'm not looking for a relationship, which makes it even more fun. I was going <laughs> to say funner, but yeah. that's not the right word. 
Right, right. Yeah, and that's another. Uh, that's a, sex will be another topic that you'll have on your podcast. We'll talk about sex later. Well, okay? you were, you were just. A, we'll talk about sex later. There's a sentence that I never thought I'd hear. No. Uh, Seriously, we'll talk about sex later. All right, that, that's actually. Oh, it's, it's, that doesn't mean call me later. <laughs> Happily married man, but uh. <laughs> I know. I know. I've seen the pictures. I I, I, I love. Oh, Kathy. The married ones are ones that yeah no, that's that's not my thing. The uh, <laughs> you just had a post actually actually asking for alien sperm recently, so there's that. Yes, I need alien sperm is, for a prop, and I've asked for it. This is for I real. With alien. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. And now I just went to Big Lots because I'm gluing these fans and I'm gluing tadpoles, which look like alien sperm, onto the fucking fans. Because honest to God, Chris, I am dancing with alien sperm, and nobody. I have asked for alien sperm. I I don't. I you know what? And I dance. I I I I make love to an alien. So you just like this is. You just made this a must see show with that description. Oh. Oh, I'm telling you, every bit of every bit that I could pull out that Scientology would have written me up, I would have KRs up until up the yin yang. Fine, bring it on because this, these songs and this show is is so naughty. My mother said, "Oh, you think you're so naughty, but I had a life before you were born." And I go, "Really, mom? You you got married at 21 and had 10 kids?" Well, I still had fun. I go, okay, whatever. <laughs> she, at least ten times. She is my biggest, but, uh, <laughs> she is my biggest fan. No, seriously. Well, well are you going to be... To- friends, go ahead. I'm sorry, I have to interrupt. So, so I did a show in Omaha, and uh, there was a tornado. We were in the auditorium of my high school. The lights went out. There was a generator 100, about 100 feet away, real generator. My mom was in the audience, and two of her 84 and 86 year old friends were there. They put their cell phone light on, uh, house right, stage left, and then one woman in the front uh, had her cell phone light on. I pulled my chair and my stool, because you know I have only a chair and a stool, up to the edge of the stage. I asked 110 people sitting in the auditorium, "Do you want me to continue?" And they said yes. And I'm at my Catholic high school, and I said to them, I said. I'm, I'm not saying that this was godlike, but I just want you to know that the lights went out when I was going to start the masturbation scene. <laughs> and the whole audience was up for grabs. <laughs> so I continued the masturbation scene with cell phone lights and then finished 35 minutes of the show. And it was awesome. And, and people wrote me and said, you know, no, no projection, no sound, no lights, just me and three cell phone lights. It was the most... Uh, out of this world is, I, I can't even describe it it was so wonderful so. <laughs> you're a true professional Kathy true professional yeah. that's for sure yeah, thank you <laughs> <laughs> will you be touring with the new show the cabaret oh the cabaret is now in conjunction with um, the show it's all one I just met with I, I met in Palm Springs uh, the guy uh, Michael Holmes who's the Judy show um, at the Purple Room and I'm sending him some video and some pictures and I'm gonna. I know I'll get booked in Palm Springs. Are you kidding? I my I have a whole song about being gay in Scientology. It's hysterical. Okay. Um, and uh, yes, this show will be. And in, in fact, in Boca, when I'm I'm booked in Boca next April, 
um, they booked me for two weeks, and then uh, we're doing the cabaret show also at night. So, yeah, no, it's going to be great. Oh, that's this awesome. Is, this is actually going to help me, and hopefully I can get some of the proceeds. Cause, seriously, I need to... This, I want to be out of debt, and I want my credit score to be 800 by the end of this year. My credit score has been fucked since I left the church. You can do so it. So I got it up to 710, and I'm so excited. That's pretty good for you. That's pretty good. I know. I know. I know. Crazy. can't believe you're announcing that, but that's pretty good. Uh, What's that? <laughs> I can't believe you're telling your credit score right there, but that's pretty good. That's, that's, that's decent. Oh, you can, you can tell it? Is, it? is it disclosing something really bad? No, it's just personal. It's just personal stuff, you know. Oh, I don't give a shit. All right, well, there you go. You know what? 620 when I left the church. I had no money. I was in bankruptcy. 620. I couldn't get a loan. I couldn't get a car. I had to, you know, anyway. I consider it a success story. Absolutely. We have have many more shows we can do here. Um, I'm going to have to come. The bankruptcy show, the sex sex show. (laughs) We're going to do a sex show. I'll come get some. I know people are going to be asking me when that show is coming. Um, oh yeah, they want they want to see the cabaret, but they need to see the show first, then the cabaret. That's my suggestion. Yeah, I'm gonna to have to see the, the. I'm gonna to have to come and squeeze your cans again and see that again. You you have to. You and have to uh, my cans again. I know people have yeah. been asking you, and I've kind of seen your answer, but I'm curious if there might be some adjustments on this on this thought process uh, in closing here. Uh, have you thought about? putting this uh, a video version of this out a digital video or something on cable uh, only if someone produces it I have no money to do that so if like I HBO comes or something well if yeah yeah I, I'm not it's not like they're knocking down my door but uh, but you know what that would be amazing it, it will be and you know what it's fine if it doesn't because the purpose of the show is to just reach a couple people and, and it's reached a lot more than I ever imagined so um, yeah I think that would be good I think that would be wonderful I, I hope that can happen for you and uh, and I'm just yeah. really proud of what you're doing and again like I said earlier proud proud to call you a friend well Chris I feel the same way and I hope to I hope to talk to you again from Edinburgh okay seriously oh we got to do that yes and send me all the links yeah. of stuff you want me to put on there and all the uh, hashtags and okay. stuff and I'll do it yeah, and I'm I'm actually because I do voiceover. I found a voiceover studio, recording studio in Edinburgh. So I'll see if they'll let me do the podcast from the studio. Amazing. Let's Life. keep in touch on that. Yeah. Definitely. All right, darling. Well, you take care. Love to the family and all your fans. Um, keep supporting Chris and uh, this wonderful podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Kathy. You take care. All right, darling. Bye. Okay, I can't say enough good things about Kathy. Uh, best of, of luck with the show in Edinburgh and this benefit coming up on the 17th uh, in California. Uh, everybody who isn't already supporting Kathy needs to get on board. Amazing. And, and it can't be said enough because I, I think it got kind of mingled in the conversation. Basically, uh, different people uh, went through different experiences. And, uh, you know, some might think some are worse than others, but, you know, uh, Pain is pain, so let's not forget that. Anyway, uh, thank you again to Kathy for being on the show. Thank you all for listening and hearing me out on my little uh, Randall Marty and the the ASC bullshit. And uh, everybody uh, stay connected. I'll have another special guest for you next week. That about sums it up. See you then.
if I speak for your followers and I speak for your ex-followers and I speak for the curious outsiders looking in, and you remain silent in the shadows and don't let your balls drop enough to come out and say something, then I say, who do you speak for, Mr. Miscavige? Anything on earth that says, don't listen to your mom and dad, don't talk to your mom and dad, that's bad, they're wrong. Absolutely believe his own bullshit. Now, does that mean he believed it from day one? I don't know. Hubbard reveals to them that he is the Antichrist. Scientology has not helped you. You have helped yourself. Yes, I'm absolutely positive that happened because I was physically abused in Scientology. We're crossing the line into torture. Do you think there is a rape culture in Scientology? I think that there is a culture in Scientology that children are not children. So, yeah. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.